Hello there. Recently I was involved in a roundtable experience with Clancy Brown as part of the 70th Edinburgh International Film Festival. Clancy Brown plays the Kurgan in Highlander as well as making notable appearances in The Flash, Daredevil and giving the animated version of Lex Luthor a voice. He had plenty of interesting things to say so I hope you enjoy. Hi, I'm Matthew from uh, Sci-Fi Now. Hi Matthew, I'm Sci-Fi Now. Hi, I'm Dave Barris, I'm representing a US online site called Pop and Pulp which is launching next month. Alright, welcome. Hi, Michael. Lloyd from Screen Kicker. How else? Hi, Michael. Um, nice to meet you. George Mayer, Sultan News Rights Mayor, briefly the other night. Yeah, yeah. I'm Claudia Andre from Film News in UK and Movie Star Magazine, Germany. Claudia, <laughs> nice to meet you. Nice to meet you, yes. I'm Craig McKenzie from New Before Blog. Hey, Craig. Simmons from Let's Join Edinburgh. Hello. We are on the buses. Ah, ah, okay. You'll be famous on the bus. Look at this thing, guys. Come on, let's everybody get serious. This place isn't even launched yet, and he's got this, he's got the rigs. What are your um, lasting memories of making Highlander Festival? <laughs> Gosh. Um, I've, let, I've been asked this, and so I, you know, I have, I didn't have a lot of memories before I saw it again. Um, and so a lot of memories came flooding back. So I had to think, well, you know, what, what did I actually, before I saw this again, what do I remember most from Highlander? And I have to say, without a doubt, the, uh, the lasting memory, the lasting impression of Highlander, uh, the lasting benefit of Highlander for me was the friendship that I developed with Bob Anderson, who I met on that show. He was the Swordmaster, and, you know, he was the Swordmaster in Star Wars and in Zorro and. Uh, uh, a number of other shows, and just um, you know, just a great gentleman. Uh, one of the people in films that you meet that is an expert in his particular his particular uh, discipline, and you know, undeniably the best in the world in what he did, and uh, and a great friend and a great gentleman, just a great normal human being. And I miss him terribly because you know, he died two years ago, I think. And uh, uh, you know. We're, we're the we're lesser planet for it for losing him, but that but that was you know, that was the best thing about the Islander for me it was meeting and loving Bob. I was I was struck watching it again in the big screen because I haven't seen it on the big screen since '86. Sure, you probably haven't either. God! But I was struck by how absolutely gorgeous a lot of the shots were, right? And the fact that you only had Sean for seven days or something. Yeah. So was that period when you had Sean? really intensive shooting because I imagine Russell takes his time to get those amazing images on screen so how does it work when you've only got Connery for seven days and you still have to get those shots well I think because you had Jerry Fisher I think I think I may be wrong about this memory but I think there was another DP in the beginning and then Jerry got brought on and Jerry is no nonsense and and the great thing about the way Jerry and 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 Russell worked, and you know Jerry was kind of an old school guy. Uh, uh, I think he'd worked with Sean on a couple of things, and um, uh, Russell was able to tell him what he wanted to do, and then Jerry just did it. You know, they didn't argue about it. They didn't like you know they didn't try to figure out how to do it. Russell would say, "This is you know this is the kind of thing that I want to have happen," and Jerry just knew his shit well enough to be able to say, "Oh, okay, I, all I have to do is this." He didn't have to try to figure it out, um, and then. And then Russell just had an eye that nobody else had, uh, and had a bunch of guys that had eyes that nobody else had. And backing those guys up, like you know Stephen Hopkins and Andy Armstrong in the second units, um, they were just able to accomplish whatever he needed to. 
And even if it wasn't exactly what Russell wanted, Russell's the kind of director that would see it and go, oh, that's great, I can use that, I can put that here. And you know, he was a, he was a very easy director to deal with, very, you know, because he was very enthusiastic about his own movie and about everybody else's work as well. And then you had you know, guys like Jim Atchison doing the, doing the wardrobe and Lois Burwell was doing the, the, uh, the makeup. And so he, you, know, you had, a, you had a, an A-list team that, wasn't, that nobody knew was A-list yet. You know, except for maybe Jerry, everybody knew Jerry was a listener. But uh, it, was, it was a good group, and we were all just trying to get it done. Uh, it was, you know. Okay, I'm not even sure if this is a question or not, but I'm, I was scared of you as a child after <laughs> my mum let us watch Pet Cemetery 2. Um, I was wondering, I think you shoved the guy's face in the motorbike wheel at yeah, one point. Yeah, he deserved it. Yeah. <laughs> I was wondering, um, what do different generations of the kids or people recognize you most from? <laughs> I don't know. I <laughs> never know. It's funny you bring up Pet Cemetery. You know, I I would bring your I would maybe bring report your parents to child services if they're letting you if they're letting you see Highlander and Pet Cemetery too. That's borderline child abuse, man. <laughs> I like to think of her as a good mom because we've okay. already seen the first one and she'd be a bad mom. <laughs> okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, well. Approach the bench and tell the judge that <laughs> mitigating circumstances. Never mind. You can stay with your parent. Um, yeah, it's different ones. Different. You know, some people recognize Pet Cemetery. Some people recognize uh, uh, Highlander. Um, you know, now I get a lot of Daredevil. I get a lot of people see Daredevil, and I've just done like two episodes of that. So you know, you never know what people remember. Carnival. Some people remember Carnival. Some, it's all over the place. The most ubiquitous is probably just the voice of Mr. Krabs, but because I don't talk like that, I don't really get stopped on the street for it. <laughs> you should try it. Yeah. Nah. Thanks. Thanks. You mentioned being stopped on the street just now, and you've been in Edinburgh for a few days now. Have, uh, have, people, have people stopped you in the street? Yeah, but I mean, it's a film festival, so, you know, and they, they publish the fact that I'm going to be here, and so, you know, all the, the, the the, the sliver of population that like know who I am and, and think I'm good, they'll ask me to sign something. They might not even think I'm good, they just want me to sign something. You know, that, that sliver of people will be there. Um, but you know, if I come back here in a month, nobody's going to bother me. I'm, I'll be all right. But if people come up and have, have they said anything about the character from from Highlander? Is that the thing that people because of, as, as you say? Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's 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 one of the it's one of the things that's going on here for the festival. So, so yeah, people say nice things about it. Yeah, yeah. One of the kind of main things that people say to you—is it that they were scared? Of Just that they were scared, yeah. or you know, my—you know—I loved it in the day, or whatever, and you know, or you know, you're—you've gotten really fat and old since then, you know, <laughs> stuff like that. Do you know. have lines? Yeah, uh, they've asked me for a few of the lines. I've, <laughs> you know, I did some in the in the in the screening. I did a couple, but. Do you ever just say, never speak to me ever again? No. <laughs> Maybe I should. No, 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 I never say. Um, Clancy, I wanted to ask you um, regarding your absolutely awesome outfit and, and headgear, because this is one of the most powerful scenes in Wildender <laughs> when you first appear yeah, and it, it's just, all you know, it, it, it installs fear. But uh, several years later, you actually made a film. Sorry, you didn't make a film. You were in a film called Pathfinder. Oh yeah. You played Gunnar, the, yeah, yeah. the Viking, yeah. and it, it kind of reminded me of, yeah. of all that, like the Corgan character. 
did you get that role of like Gunnar on strength of your performance or was that completely independent? I have no and, idea. And also, I mean, did you have any input in, you know, like your outfit in Highlander or was that just simply a design demon? Like, did you have any creative input in that, that well, skull I, I th mask and everything? Yeah, I think Jim Agison was really generous in his, you know, he did consult a little bit with me. Right. But... You know, what does a 25-year-old really know about design or anything? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And his character and stuff. So um, Jim pretty much came up with it. And okay. he did it, you know. I, he made me feel like maybe I had something to say about it, but I didn't really. Okay. You know, which is all what all good designers do. Right. They say, what do you think? And then they do what they what, want. What they want, And okay. they credit you. And, but no, uh, it, it, probably the only thing that I did actually suggest that actually happened was, if you remember that the, the headpiece, the original headpiece had this great mane attached to it, a yeah, black, yeah. black, big black mane. And so when we went to do the final look with the, with the shaved head and the tattoo, I said, wouldn't it be great if that tattoo called back to the, to the headpiece and the mane? So they, so the, the guy who uh, designed the tattoo did, you know, basically Okay. recreated that well, that character on the side of my head and 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 then we kept the black hair as part of it which kind of became a meme for a while they, there were no memes back then but, <laughs> but for in the tattoo world that was kind of a thing where where hair got incorporated in people's tattoos for a little while right. and dragons and stuff like that <laughs> so i'm very proud of my pop culture influence <laughs> for half a year <laughs> in the 80s. Yeah, so, uh, you do a lot of voice acting. So I do. Yeah. Uh, so how do you go about creating the voice and personality for someone, say, like, like Lex Luthor, and how's that compared to creating uh, live-action characters? Uh, like it's, it's a lot of fun. There's um, um, when you, you know, you, you're an animation director and you're creating a soundscape, then you you pick and choose the voices that that that, that you want. Um, that community is so crazily talented. Those voice actors uh, and 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 all of the other people involved in animation are. It's kind of a secret society of wildly talented people. Um, I can barely hang with them. They're so good, and these guys can do any voice they want. So that one, I got lucky. Um, that they just decided to to open it up and have other actors in, and so they got um, Tim Daly to play Superman and um, um, my buddy to play Lois Lane. What's her name? Come on, you're the geek. <laughs> <laughs> What's your name? I'm going to blind catch. I am too. I let it in later. I've done a bunch <laughs> of things, and Kevin Conroy to play to play Batman. So they, you know, they. Uh, Mark Hamill to do the Joker. I mean, yeah. those th these aren't the usual characters, and so I sort of fell into that accidentally. But then it becomes the strength of the script, like anything else. And so you and they and when you come in to do record, they'll play back what you did before, and so you try to mimic what you did before. And it's very simple that way. Creating Mr. Krabs was just kind of a it was just kind of a fluky thing. He said, you know, do something. Do this guy loves money and he's a crab. And you know, what do you come up with? So I, you know, did some kind of a piratey thing, and he liked <laughs> that. And uh, you know, some of the other ones are just uh, uh, they'll direct you, they'll push you in a certain direction. But they, you know, 
they know how your voice sounds kind of more than you do. Mm. Have you ever listened to your own voice? Yeah. And I you sit there and you go, yeah. oh my God, I hate that <laughs> voice. And so you have to trust them because you're, you're just going to hate your voice no matter what. But they, they, the, the directors that do that, that cast that, they, they're, they're better at understanding how your voice is heard than you are. So I don't know if that helps you. Okay. And back to your question about Pathfinder, I don't think it had anything to do with it. All right. Um, German director, whose name escapes me at the time. Marcus. Yeah, he's Marcus Nisbell. Nisbell, I think. Right. Um, and he envisioned that character as silent. Oh, he envisioned okay. all the all the Vikings as silent. Um, <coughs> studio wouldn't go for that, so he did the next best thing and had us speak in Icelandic, <laughs> which is closest to actual historical uh, Norse, and it didn't really work that movie. I know. Unfortunately, it didn't work for me either. So. Yeah, <laughs> it didn't work. But, it's, that, it's but great, what it was it's based great visuals, on? It's great visuals, yeah. but something is lacking. Yeah. Well, uh, you know what it's based on. It's based on. Uh, the, yes, uh, uh, comic. No, it, no, 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 no. It's based on a. Is it Norwegian or called Pathfinder? Um, what's the word for it? Beautiful movie. Oh, I thought it, I thought actually it's based on a comic. Uh, no, it's based on a. Oh, a, I see. a Maybe it was a Danish movie. I'm not sure, but it was a great movie, and it's called Pathfinder, and I, it's in the it's in the language, and you gotta find it. It's about a little boy. Oh shoot! I'm messing it up. So Give him five more minutes. It's a it's a it was it was a beautiful movie, and it, the the Pathfinder was a little boy, and his tribe had gone to gone to the sea to hide from these bad guys. And the little boy had been caught, and he agreed to guide them, and then guide, guided them in this dangerous, this dangerous uh, way to get there. And then, in the end, the avalanche kills them all, and he's a hero. And it's a, it's so beautiful and so stark and so Scandinavian. This it's crazy, <laughs> depressing Scandinavian movie. Dark, dark. Just, okay. <laughs> just wonderful. Thank you, Are you surprised at the sort of resurgence and um, the fact that they re-released Highlander rather than remaking it? Yeah, I, I'm, I'm surprised that it got the treatment that it did, the 4K restoration. I didn't, you know, that wouldn't be my first choice. But, you know, like you can't stand the sound of your voice. I mean, I, what do I know? Um, I'm completely flattered that they would do that. Now that I've seen it again, I sort of get it. Uh, I, got, I got a list of other things that I'd like to see, you know, <laughs> remastered in 4K. Which one? Oh, gosh. You know, all the great ones. Chitty Chitty Bang Bang would be fun, right? Any of your films? No, <laughs> I wouldn't be presumptuous enough to say that. Um, you know, I'll, uh, you know, Once Upon a Time in the West, I'd love to see that one remastered in 4K. Uh, but, you know, people do this for whatever reasons they do it. And, and I love the fact that they did it, because otherwise I wouldn't be here. <laughs> and what do you think of it? What do you think of Edinburgh? I love Edinburgh. Yeah, I'm, any favorite highlights so far? Uh, well, I haven't had any really highlights, except um, doing the festival. You were wearing tweed the other day, I believe. I was wearing tweed, so yeah, Stuart Christie, going to Stuart yeah. Christie and getting the, getting the, being treated to a tweed from them, and also uh, the uh, arrangement for the kilt, the partnership between them and, and uh, Kinlock Anderson to put me in a Anderson kilt. So that's been a highlight. We did a... We did a 
what do they call it, that dance, the tradition. The Kaylee. We did a Kaylee. That was kind of fun. That was really fun. And uh, Yeah, you were very good at that. Oh, uh, was I? Were you there? I was there. Oh, uh, yeah. You helped me hard. I wouldn't let go of you there. It's like I've never been as strong in my life. <laughs> yeah, that was kind of fun. That was weird. Um, I mean, yeah, I think we all had a good time. We'll get, we'll get, after today, I'm going to try to get out and about. Yeah, will you yeah, yeah, I want to get up uh, Arthur's seat, and, and my wife wants to go to Glencoe, so we'll probably try to figure out how to get there um, for a little while. What about the sword fight scenes in, in the film, like between you, Christopher Lambert, Sean Connery? Mm -hmm. uh, was that very difficult to learn, because it looks very... <laughs> well, as I said, my my best friend on the picture was Bob Anderson, who was right. the sword master, so I got a lot of free, Fro free, got of a lot of free yeah. advice that way. And we worked out a lot of great sword fights, and we, you know, in our free time, and we'd come in and we'd show uh, Chris and and Sean, and they'd take all the best bits for themselves, and then you know, then we, you know, just try to make it all work. So I think they were good sword fights. Although I was watching them, thinking, man. They'd be so much better in a remake. <laughs> they're, 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 these sword fights could be so much better because they're kind of slow. They're kind of cumbersome. They're kind of, they're kind of because the swords are so big and and. But now they'd be so fast and digital and awesome if we could do it again. Cutting the scenery um, part. That's pretty right, awesome. Right. Yeah. You, yeah. Were, you mentioned that you play the um, the colonel in Daredevil, but you're also a general on the Flash. You're one of the few actors that cross over Marvel and yeah. Marvel <laughs> How weird is that, players. right? Do they mind that you're you're kind of? I have no idea. I do a lot of Marvel voiceover characters too. I I don't know. You know, I'm sure they have policies, but you know, you had Ryan Reynolds do Green Lantern, and then he did Deadpool, and you know, these guys cross over all the time. Like, uh, what's it? Captain America did Fantastic Four. Yeah, 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 Fantastic Four. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Is it quite cool to be to be playing military figures in both like current TV shows? I guess, you know, <laughs> as long as they pay me. <laughs> well, there's a big difference between the two. Like, yeah. Well, I'm not like I said. I, you know, I don't know if you heard the thing, but I'm not a big fan of of those of live action those cartoons. You know, I like I like the animation versions of them, but the live action ones I think are I think those are problematic and dated. I mean, it doesn't matter how sophisticated they get; they're just always never going to be what what it is. Yeah. I like I like the two D versions of them. Conscious of it. Can I just ask one thing about? Yeah. About it's been thirty years since you've, since you've been in Scotland. Having spent a few days here and things, and going remembering all that, would you like to work here again? Oh yeah, sure. You know, yeah. if you've seen things like Outland or whatever, you know, sword fights and things. Yeah, like sure. That. I would. What do we? You know, yeah. like I'm, I'm available. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Kind of, you've got this kind of bond with Scotland now, which, which you think? I, you know, I've always felt it. I mean, you know, there's, you know, some people visit some places and they're like, I can't wait to leave. And and you know, I felt it since the first day I was here. It's like I, I, I love Scotland. I'm not a, I don't love London. I don't love New York. I like Scotland. I like the mountains of Utah. I like, you know, you know, those places. I, I connect with. I, you know. Big cities, not necessarily. I like little cities. This, I was just saying, this city reminds me a lot of Boston. I love Boston. Uh, Glasgow reminds me of Chicago. Love Chicago. London reminds me of New York. I can do without either. <laughs> you know? I mean, they're not bad towns, but you know, I, that, that's just not where I would choose to live. So working here again is some kind of historical Psh, thing. I mentioned, to, but I come on, get writing, get writing. <laughs> yeah. you know, it's not up to me. I don't, you know, they got, they got to call me and 
asked me to do it. You need to put the word out. Thank you very much. Call Francie. Francie's available. Yeah, that would be absolutely awesome. No, I'd love to. Thank you very much. Unfortunately, that's all we had time for, but it was a great experience for me and I really enjoyed meeting him. Thanks to Clancy Brown for his time and the press team at the Edinburgh International Film Festival for making this happen.